Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Yeah, we're just going to jump right in. We're going to go right into Mark chapter 4. It's going to be on the giant screen behind me. It says this, Mark 4, 35, on the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let's cross over to the other side. Okay, that's Jesus. He knows what he's doing. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was asleep. He was, excuse me, he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. Say Pillow. And they awoke and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea Obey him. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the word tonight. God, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Lord Jesus, whether I'm preaching or not preaching, I love to be where you are and in your presence with your people. I thank you, God, for the opportunity, Lord, for the honor of being able to stand up here and deliver the word. We thank you for awakening. We thank you for our pastors. I thank you tonight, Holy Spirit. Your presence is here with with each and every one of us, Lord, and the word is going to transform each and every single person here. And everybody who believed that said... Amen, amen, amen. I love that the Bible is just very approachable. And a lot of people would think uh, it's not approachable or they think like, oh, I don't understand this. Well, don't stop reading King James Version. There's newer versions with modern language. You don't have to get lost in the these and the thous. But it's it's approachable. We were in Japan uh, with my daughter. My daughter graduated high school. Congratulations, Kathleen. I love you. And she's at home. She had her wisdom teeth out. And so my wife is playing nurse. And... uh, and uh, so we were in we were in Japan. We we have my my parents actually gave us this tradition of taking their when you graduate go somewhere with uh, just my parents and that and that person. So we took we continued to carry on the tradition. And uh, she wanted to go to Japan, so she set it all up. Every place that she wanted to go, every mall that she wanted to shop at in Japan, uh, all the places that we were going to eat at and try, and it was awesome. It was an amazing trip. We got a little song, uh, 14 Days of Sharing a Room. And, uh, you know, your daughter's 18, you're in your 40s, you know what I mean? Like, you're not, we've got bedrooms that are, you know, there's a reason for that, you know what I mean? This isn't like, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where grandparents are in the same bed together, we're all living in one room. No, we have, you know, doors and dividers for a reason nowadays, right? So, but it was great because the whole time we were there, we, we, we laughed and had a good time and nobody got any arguments or fought or anything like that, which is amazing if you can do that with your teenage kids. And that's really, I want to say this, uh, we, we have a motto at our house is we're not normal, and uh, so whatever the world says is normal, teenagers rebel, parents don't understand their teenager. We, we reject all that and say, that's abnormal. That's the wrong way to do it. We're going to do it right. Send your kids to Awaken Academy. Uh, and there you go for that. So we're in, we're in, uh, we're in uh, Osaka, just outside of Osaka in this place called Nara. And there's this World Heritage Site. And it's been there since like the 600s. This massive temple to Buddha. 
And I mean, it's probably 70 feet tall, all made out of wood. Inside this massive temple is a 30-foot metal Buddha. Now, I'm, I'm just trying to like wrap my brain around like, how do they even do this? Like, there's no cranes, there's no excavators, you know, we know it's slave labor, but you get the point. Like, I'm just fathomed still by the architecture, and it was really like in awe, and, and, and you know, just what Pastor Jesse was saying, everybody else talks about that. Everybody in there, and this will be a tithe message in a week or two, whenever you let me loose. Uh, everybody in there is, is throwing money at Buddha, and, and not one person got offended by it. Uh, they're talking about money in church, so I'm not going to go to that church. Oh, really? Okay, 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 okay. They're giving money to a dead God. He's not even alive. He's metal. He can't do anything for you. Ain't nobody complaining. Ain't nobody getting offended. I can't believe that. I threw in all that. They gave me those little one yen, one cent yens, and these are worthless, you know, in the exchange rate. And I was like, here, keep the building nice because it's cool to see. But it's so unapproachable. Walk in, here's Buddha, 30 feet tall, and he's doing his hand thing, and he's got the snails on his head, and he's got his buddies all surrounding him. And I'm like, what? how unapproachable is this? Like, what do I do? And there's this, there was like a little routine where you, you'd, you'd throw your money in, you'd say your prayer, clap, and then you'd walk away, you know, and then, you know, it's just like, People would, would rather believe in that than a God who would speak to them on a daily basis, than a living God who would talk to them. But Jesus is approachable. Just, just think about this. Here, here they are. We just see Jesus is leaving one place, wants to go to another place. Just typical. He's got a mission. He's going. He wants to preach. He wants to share the gospel. He wants to tell everybody the kingdom of God is near. They get in the boat. They start going across the boat. Jesus is a little snoozy, so he takes a nap. Right, he lays his head down. Disciples are just kind of going along in the boat. Like all of a sudden, you know, the wind and the waves come up real fast. And it's so fast and so quick that waves are filling up the boat. Disciples start freaking out and they rush up to Jesus who is still snoozing. Literally the phrase in the Greek is he's dead asleep. Like he's not just like, you know, I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna waiting for their response. I'm gonna see what they say, you know. No, he's like zonked out. Deep sleep, REM, aura ring, all the way down to the dark blue. Just, he's there. Waves are flying in, and they rush up to him, and they're like, don't you care that we're going to die? And he kind of like wakes up, like, you know, waves still piling in, wind still blowing around, just like, peace, be still. Is that what you wanted? Now, can I go back to bed? I want to say this, too. It's biblical to travel with a pillow. I mean, to include a pillow in the Bible, this is the Bible, okay? Every single word of God, God chose specifically for his people, and he says, you know what? Jesus had a pillow, and he was sleeping on that pillow in a bed, in a boat. This little purple pillow with JC on it, gold tassels. Now I lay me down to sleep, no. But you see how approachable this is? This is not unrelatable. We all have pillows, unless you're weird and you don't have a pillow and you sleep like this on a bed of nails. Talk to me afterwards, you Buddhist. I'm just kidding. But not only do we have things like the pillow, we also have human reaction, which is what basically the Gospels is. Human reaction to Jesus. 
What, what just happened here? People, ah, or they're like, yeah. One minute, like, kill him. Next thing, we love him. You're the greatest, Jesus. And it's just constantly throughout all the gospels, people going back and forth. One minute, Peter's like, you're, I'm gonna die for you. I'm gonna kill other people for you. No, I never heard of that guy. Jay who? Jay what? <laughs> right, and this is, this is the dichotomy of humanity. It's just like, this is the reality of how we live our lives. And we don't wanna be that way, but it's just the reality of sin nature working inside of us and these reactions and these emotions coming in. The waves are coming in and waves, essentially emotions are waves. They come in just like this. You'll get really angry at something. Ooh, I wanna, and then you're like, you know, if you just give it a minute, this is what the, what the Proverbs talks about, a harsh person, you know what I mean? If you give them a soft answer, it'll turn away wrath. Bible says, Proverbs also says that a person without self-control is worse than an unguarded city. They just get overtaken. So we see that the, the emotions of humans are like the waves that come in hot, fast, you know, just pounding against you. And you have a choice, right? You have a choice to be like, am I gonna let this wave knock me over, let this wave capsize me? Am I gonna let these emotions run my life or am I gonna choose to submit those emotions under Jesus Christ? I've been reading this book called Built to Move. Great book, it's from one of my like, favorite authors on like mobility and health and crossfitting and things like that. And it's, uh, it's like 10 basic principles for like essentially living. And uh, it's something as mundane as can you get up off the ground, uh, which as you start to get in your 40s, I guess you read books like that. <laughs> but I will say this, can you get off and on the ground without using your hands? Ooh, yeah, all of a sudden it just got real, didn't it? All the, all the well, we don't, the prime time, we don't like to call them prime or whatever, but, you know, they're all like, ooh, that one hit home, brother. There's different things, the stretching and all this kind of stuff. And, and one of the things is, you know, as you start doing some of these natural movements that we've lost because we're seated a lot of the day and uh, we're doing things that, you know, we just, you know, typically didn't do before. And now we're just in front of a computer or in front of a phone or whatever. We've lost a lot of sort of natural human ability, squatting, things like that. Well, he says, like, one of the things that goes on is you, you start to get in these different positions and you, you lose your breath because you're not used to being in this position anymore. So it's like and you kind of tense up. And he makes this comment, he says, if you can't breathe in that position, you don't own that position. And I just, as I was reading that, I was on the plane going to, to Japan, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, no. If you can't breathe in the storm, you don't own the storm. So tonight's message is own the storm. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God, which means that they look and they act like their father. So if you are not acting like a peacemaker, then you are not one of the children of God. But then the question always comes down to what exactly is peace, right? What is it just a thing or no? Peace, we, a lot of times we view peace as the absence of something. Peace is not the absence of something. Peace is the presence of someone. I'll say that again. 
Peace is not the absence of something, but it is the presence of someone. That's why you can be in the middle of a storm and you can still have peace. Because it's not the absence, whether I have the storm, whether I don't have the storm, that's not the issue, is do I have Jesus in my life? The law says, if I do this, if I finish X, Y, and Z, then I'm going to have peace, right? That's kind of like the OCD mentality, the law is. Like, if you check all the boxes in life, then you're going to have peace, if, if every person in the church would just get in alignment with Jesus, then I will have peace. Uh, Newsflash, I know, it doesn't happen, uh, right? And you're all like, what? No, maybe him, not me. I'm in alignment with Jesus perfectly, right? None of us are, we're all perfect. We're all great. You know, it's the guy who's about to come in. No, we, we're all gonna be working through issues all of our life, right? But if I base my peace on that, maybe in your own life, right? You've gotta have a, for me to have rest and relaxation, uh, everything's got to be set out. Everything's got to be picture Instagram worthy. Everything's got to be picture perfect. And then I can relax. Then I can have peace. Then I can have rest. But that's what the law puts us into. The law is always squeezing us into requirements. Paul says in one of these verses, <laughs> it's up there. It's going to put that one up on Something Romans or Thessalonians or what is it? There you go. No, uh, one back. Go one back to a different verse. I didn't even write it down. How pathetic is that? <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, he says this. The, the law is no good because you can't measure up to the requirements anyway. And so we're over here like I'm trying to live out this law thing and it's not really working. And so because of that, I feel shame in my life because I can't move on with my life because I've got all these things that weren't checked and all they're doing is following me now everywhere I go, all the things I didn't do, all the boxes I didn't check, all the people I didn't heal or save or whatever it is that we think we're supposed to be doing in life. It's the requirements that we cannot fulfill. That's the law. Grace says Jesus is what you need. Jesus is the reason for your peace. I can't rest. Jesus actually says to me, he says, hey, look, how is it you have no faith? They're in the boat. Jesus is with them. You know, several things have happened to, re- to be like, okay, this guy does miraculous things. You know, they hadn't seen him, you know, calm wind and waves yet, but they'd seen a bunch of other stuff to be like, maybe we should ask Jesus what's going on. What should we do here? But they didn't. And so they were without peace, even though in the boat sat perfect peace. And he wasn't worried. He's not going down, you know. Even if the boat sank, he'd probably just swim to the top, you know, call up a fish, ride the fish to the shore. <laughs> He's not worried, right? He, if Jesus isn't worried, why am I so worried? If, if Jesus doesn't, if he's sleeping, what should I be doing? I should be napping too then. Let me get it. Can I get a corner of that pillow, Jesus? Oh, that's nice. You will never find peace in the things you don't own. 
because you'll be looking to, to, to manipulate them and to maneuver them and to make them these, all, all these perfect pieces and get all your ducks in a row and get everything in order, but you will never control the things that you don't own. You'll never have peace in the middle of that. I can't control the, the weather. Put weather in for whatever circumstance that you have no control over. I don't control the reactions of you. I can't make you laugh. I can't make you cry. I can certainly try, but ultimately it's up to you to do what you need to do. I can't control that. I don't control the markets. I do control my relationship to Jesus, though. I control how close I am to Jesus. I can control the proximity. And if I'm near Jesus and I'm in the same boat as Jesus, then everything's gonna be all right. And we're getting so hyped up right now about everything going on, and we should be getting hyped up, but more than getting hyped up, we should be praying, we should be preaching the gospel, we should be casting out devils. If you, don't, if you don't control it, you don't own it. You can't breathe in the middle of it. You think about the guys in the, in the New Testament. Paul's in jail, okay, for preaching the gospel, not for, you know, murdering or something. He's in jail, and he's like, you know what? Let's just worship. Let's just, just worship it and, and thank God that we're alive to preach again eventually when we get out of this thing. And Jesus hears them preaching and the, 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 or the, hears them worshiping. Worship goes all the way up into heaven and God's like, you know what? I think we should let these guys out tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Sends an earthquake, doors open. Like, what can't God do? Well, you don't understand. I got a lot of bills. I do understand. Yes, I do. <laughs> I think God is still bigger than the bills. Right? Huh? Oh, no, you no, 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 no. You have this Bidenflation. You know how bad it is? Eggs, 20% up. Gas, 50%. Hot dogs, 1,000%. How am I supposed to live in America anymore? You're laughing because it's true. Spend too much time on TikTok. Look at this. You see? Jesus is bigger than hyperinflation, better than, bigger than Bidenflation. Second Corinthians 11, like one of my favorite little passages because I think it's just kind of like Paul being a baller without being a baller. He's like, look, I, I wanna come to you and I wanna be like, I'm super bold and all this kind of stuff. He's like, but I'm not gonna do that. However, I will just say this. I have been preaching the gospel, and while I've been preaching the gospel, I've been thrown in prison, I've been shipwrecked three times, five times I got beat, 39 lashes on my back, three times I was in the belly of the ocean, I've been whipped, I've been stoned, not with weed, with rocks, I've been stoned, I've been getting close to sawn in two, I fell out dead, I had to be dragged somewhere else, I floated in the night of the, in the belly of the ocean for weeks. And he says, I know how to abound and I know how to abase. In everything, in every situation, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. You think about those circumstances, they're insane compared to what we have, right? I was in traffic today. Paul's over there unlashing 37. Oh, really? 
Boy, was that tough. Yeah. Was the, did the podcast pause too while you were in traffic? <laughs> five times he got whipped. 39 times. Five separate times, right? He's shipwrecked. He's literally in the ocean just floating on a piece of wood. We're over here like, man, I'm, I'm included in this. I'm including myself in this altar call. Lord, I'm enough with the gray in San Diego. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Uh, sorry to bother you. <laughs> Wind and waves obey me. Sun, come back, you know. What a rough life I have. If you don't, if you can't breathe in the storm, you don't own the storm. You don't own it. It owns you. Ownership is like a life message of mine that was because I was, had a lack of ownership. And it became a life message because I had to learn it for myself. That's usually the best messages, the ones you have to actually learn and not just like regurgitate because T.D. Jakes preached it or Dr. Matt preached it or whatever. Matt, you should have heard what Pastor Matt preached. I'm going to preach that. Oh, really? Why don't you get some life experience and then start preaching? What's that? Get a God story. Don't go and seek one by, through sin and then don't do that. Just pray and get a real one. Because some guy's like, I'm going to shoot somebody and then I'm going to get saved again. No, I don't think that's how it works, pal. I like to go to the extreme example, in case you're wondering. Like, yeah, I felt that it was maybe a little too far. <laughs> but you, you got to own it. There's no excuses. There's no regrets. You either own it or you don't own it. And if you don't own it, then there's really nothing you can do about it. Now, let's just break it down one step further, if you don't mind. Do you own your life? Yes or no? Don't answer out loud, but do you own your life? And the way you own your life in the kingdom of God is by giving everything up to Jesus and saying, Jesus, you're actually the owner of my life. You're the Lord of my life. You're the Lord of my pocketbook. You're the Lord of my heart. You're the Lord of my mind. You're the Lord of my emotions. You're the Lord of my will. Do you actually own your life or did you give it up to Jesus or did you give it over to the world? That's what I'm talking about. When you own the storm, you better realize that if you're going to be in the middle of a storm and Jesus says, not if storms come, when storms come, when trials and tribulations come, when the devil comes knocking on your door, who's in your boat? Imagine if the disciples just said, Jesus, there's a storm coming. I know you're sleeping, uh, but should we do something? Should we be worried about this? And Jesus is like, why don't y'all just take a nap? They would have been like, okay, go take a nap. Boat keeps moving on. We're too busy, though, freaking out, letting the waves of our emotions dictate what should happen next instead of just saying, you know what, Jesus, what do you say about this? You're the, you're the Lord of my life. You're the owner of my life. What should I be doing in this situation? What should I be doing? Peace is not the absence of the storms. That's nice. That's a great time to feel peace and to feel peace can happen in the middle of everything that's going on you, which is why Paul calls it a peace that surpasses, that goes beyond, that goes above all of our understanding because peace is Jesus. 
some of us are in here, we're like, wow, I've been looking for peace. I've been trying to, I've been trying to make my, you know, my pillows fluffier, and I've been trying to make my bed firmer, and I've been trying to, you know, all these things to make peace. And I, I lit the incense over here, and I did the, you know, the, uh, the smelly candles and the bath bomb and all this stuff. I try, I try to create peace in my home. The way you get peace in your home is invite Jesus into your house. He's in my boat. He's in my boat. If I'm in prison, I'll worship my way out. If I'm on a desert island, I'll pray my way out. If I'm in a financial hardship, I'll pray my way out. I'm gonna own the storm. I'm gonna say, Jesus, what do you wanna do in this situation? What do you wanna do in this scenario? Because he's the owner of my life. He's the owner of my life. It's time to own the storm. Whatever you give up, whatever you let go of in the kingdom of God always comes back to you. So when you give your life to Jesus, he says, I'm gonna give you your life, but I'm gonna give you my life in abundance. In the world, when you give something up, you lose it. In the kingdom, when you give something up, Jesus says, I got something better. That's why we come in. We can give our tithes all day long. Give division builders? Absolutely. Why? Because I know what Jesus has for me is so much better than what I could do with my one yen. Do you own your life? Do you own the storm? Sometimes we want to say, oh, the this, this situations are so bad, I, I can't do anything about it. You know what? You can't because you don't own it. If the situation is so bad you can't do anything about it, good. Now you can go to Jesus and be like, I can't do anything. Can you do something? And his answer is always yes. Lord, are you willing? Yes, I'm willing. Don't let it go. People have let things go. They've given over the storm to the storm and said, storm, do what you want. Have your way. Instead of going, Jesus, do what you want. Have your way. And that's how you begin to own the storm. You see, Paul, he owned the storms. There was nothing that was going to stop him from being with Jesus and from preaching about Jesus. He walked everywhere rode donkeys everywhere. We're driving cars and we have all these wonderful things. But he just said, you know what? I know how to be rich. I know how to be poor. I know how to be whipped and I know how to be not whipped, which I prefer. But I own this storm. One time he, he's preaching. They stone him. They drag him out of the city. He gets up. They think he's dead. He gets up and he's like, they're like, we got to go. He's like, no, I'm not done preaching. Watch, walks back into the city. You don't kill me. That's what Jesus says. He says, no one, no one takes my life from me. The devil can't take it. Man can't take it. A storm can't take it. The ocean can't take it. I give my life when I want to because I'm the Lord of life. I'm the resurrection and the life. He owns the storm. Will you let him own your storm this evening? Will you let him own what's in your life? Will you let it, are you gonna try and hold on to it and say, no, it's mine? Or will you give it up to him? 
Can you stand as we close this evening? I believe there's a number of people in their storm right now. And I'm just gonna ask the, the altar team to come forward and we're gonna just gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna own the storm tonight. We're gonna pray that you're gonna own the storm tonight. And you know what that requires? That requires faith. First step of faith, come down out of your seat, come get prayer. Just come down now, just come down now. Doesn't matter who you are, what you're going through, come on. You wanna get out of the storm, you wanna own this storm, you wanna give this storm over to Jesus, this is the time to do it. Don't, don't sit in the back of the boat wondering what we should do, wondering the waves are gonna hit me in the face and get me wet, doesn't matter, just come on down, find a prayer person, just go ahead and start praying with them right now. We're gonna break off this, you're gonna own a storm tonight, you're gonna walk out of here with faith, you're gonna walk out of here with Jesus in the midst of your storm, whatever it is you're going through, you're gonna walk into a new level of freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be shy, don't, 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 let, don't stand in the back of the boat wondering what you should do, just come down, just come down. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're here and Jesus is not in your boat. You are not saved or you need to rededicate your life. There is no greater decision on earth but to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you're here and that's you and you say, I wanna do that, and you're not down here and you're up in the, in the seats or wherever, just, just wave at me, I wanna pray for you. See that hand right there? See those hands? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. If you're not getting prayed, just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for life. I thank you, you've forgiven my sins, that you died on the cross for me, and you gave me new life. I accept new life today, and I thank you that you're in my boat. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.